we move into uh, the time for sermon, I need to make you aware that uh, I did something yesterday that I've, I don't think I've ever done before, and I kind of call, called an audible, changed things up, decided to uh, totally change the sermon from our Romans 2 uh, passage, and uh, go with something totally different. So that means everything about the sermon in your Seasons Weekly is virtually useless this week, but that's all right, because next week I'll, I will come back, I promise, and uh, get you back to Romans 2. We're going to take a one-week hiatus there. And instead, look at uh, two short passages this week, one from the Old Testament, one from the New. One, Zephaniah 3.17, and Zephaniah is in the Old Testament, uh, right before Haggai, right toward the end, and then one in Matthew chapter 11. So the verses will be on the screen, and uh, as I read them, I just ask the question, uh, what is it like, or how how does God meet us when we feel like we have nothing more to give? How does God meet us in the midst of questions, doubts, fears, struggles? How does God meet us when we are at a place we feel like we have nothing more to give? Hear the word of God from Zephaniah 3. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. In Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, Jesus speaking. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. As we come into the sermon, I'm going to give us some extended time, just a prayer and meditation on those verses. Um, just ask that you take time to, to think, to read the verses, to pray, to ask God to speak to you. Uh, in this time, it's going to be some extended time of silence, so it might even be a little bit uncomfortable. That's okay. Uh, just use the time to let the scripture wash over you and ask the Lord uh, to speak to your heart uh, in this time. Let's pray. Father, take this scripture, root it deeply in our hearts, root it deeply in our minds, in our lives. Use it to transform us, to renew us, to restore us, to give us freedom, to give us rest. Father, as hard as it might be, help us to believe the truth of these promises, the truth of your gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How does God meet us when you're at a point where you feel like you have nothing more to give? How does God meet us in places of question, in times of doubt, in times of fear, in times of struggle, in times of suffering? How does the Lord meet us when we have nothing more to give, nothing more to offer. I can tell you that's where I found myself in the last week or two, uh, through a lot of circumstances, finding myself physically, emotionally, spiritually zapped, physically, emotionally, spiritually drained, feeling like I have nothing to give, nothing to offer. How does the Lord meet us 
in those times. And I will tell you that it has been a struggle for me in the last week or two. And uh, I know you guys think pastors don't struggle spiritually a lot of times and things like that, but I can tell you I have struggled in the last couple of weeks to believe the gospel. I have struggled uh, to hold on to the goodness of God and the mercy of God. I've doubted the character of God. How does God meet us in those places? How does God meet us in those times? Have you asked those questions before? If you're honest with yourself, I'm guessing the answer's got to be yes. And what does God do? Well, for me, in the last couple of weeks, I've been asking myself that question, and uh, it's been a some difficult uh, answers, actually answers that I, I wouldn't expect, answers that may have even surprised me uh, a little bit. Um, as I asked myself that question, I, and I, I went to work, you know, all last week and day in, day out, and my, my prayer was, Lord, I got nothing to give. Give me strength, give me motivation, give me focus, give me my, my work ethic back. You know, you know, this is like, if you know me, I'm hyperactive, I'm ADD, I, this is, you know, not like me at all. So, I'm praying, God, give me, my, give me strength, give me motivation, give me productivity. You know, I'm a pastor. I need to be serving people. I need to be working with people. I need to be loving people. I need to be teaching and writing and, and praying and doing all these things. I had nothing to give. Completely zapped. How does the Lord meet us in those places? I think in two primary ways. One is he reveals our hearts. And the second is he reveals himself. He reveals our hearts and he reveals himself, which is not really what I expected because I expected him to answer my prayer at least by the second or third day and say, yes, strength, okay, boom, strength, boom, productivity, boom, you know, work, get back into the groove of things. But every time I ask, Lord, give me some strength, give me some, you know, productivity, heaven was silent. God seemed not to answer. The answer was no. The answer was not yet. Why would God do that? Well, it's how he meets us, I think, in these times. He could have met me just by giving me the strength, just by giving me those things right off the bat. But instead, he decided to give me a better gift than productivity. He decided to give me the gift of revealing my heart and the gift of revealing himself to me. So as I struggled through this by Thursday, I just, you know, I was like, God, I got nothing. I got nothing to give. So I left the office, went to the park, and just found a, you know, found a quiet spot. Maybe God will move here, right? Maybe God will give me the strength, the motivation, the focus I need, the productivity. And instead, he was working on revealing my heart. And if we're honest, we know that when God works to reveal our hearts, how does he often do it? He does it in weakness, doesn't he? He does it in times of struggle, in times of questions, times of doubt, and in our fears, in times of pain. God uses our weaknesses to provide a window into our souls. He uses times of struggle and doubt and pain to reveal things about ourselves that we would rather not see. And so we, the first thing he do, does and wants to do is to reveal our hearts. And as I was sitting at Kirkwood Park that day alone, I expected that to be the moment of strength. And instead, it was the moment of weakness. But isn't that what it says in Matthew 11? Isn't that what we just read? Isn't that what Jesus said? I mean, what, is, what does he say? Come to me, all you who are victorious. Come to me, all you who are powerful and strong. Come to me, all you who have all the answers, all who, all, all who do, don't, do not struggle, do not doubt. 
Come to me, those who have no questions, who have no fears. Is that what he says? No. Come to me. You who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In other words, a prerequisite for coming to Jesus is that moment of dependence, the time of of pain and struggle and weakness that God is going to use to reveal our hearts. And so instead of giving me what I was asking for at the moment, God began to give me instead a revelation about my heart. He began to say, Jeremy, why are you so devastated? Why are you so undone that, you see, that, that you're not productive, that you're not you know, working, that you're not full speed, that you're not you know, tearing it up and all this kind of thing? Why, why is that devastating you? Why is that undoing you? Answer. Reveal my heart. Answer. Because I've begun to build my entire identity, not in Christ, but around my ministry. I begin to build my identity, not in Jesus, but in my gifts, my abilities, and my, and my work, and my, all the things that I'm doing for God. And God needed to reveal that to me, that I was, I was building an identity in and of myself that was unsustainable. And the question this morning for you is, if God were to reveal your heart, where are you building your identity? Where are you building your worth? Where are you putting your satisfaction? Maybe you're building your identity around your career, around your work, and you struggle and you work and you, and you thrive and you labor to, to be on the right path, to climb the ladder at the right time and the right way, to be in the right salary range. Maybe you're building your identity around your, your kids, your parenting, and, and you look at all those other parents who do it so much better than you, and all those other kids who are so much better behaved than your parents, uh, than your kids are, and you compare yourself. Maybe you're building your identity on your boyfriend or your girlfriend, your image, or the way you look to other people, the way you meet other people's expectations. And the point that Jesus is making there is that we have to know what we're building our identity on, right? He assumes, he says, if you come to me, you have to give up your burden, you have to give up your yoke. He's assuming that we have a, a, another, we have an identity to give up. We have a yoke to lay down, we have a burden to lay down before we can pick his up because he doesn't want us to carry ours and his. And so he's assuming that he is revealing our heart to show us where are we building our identity, where are we building our worth, what are we putting it into, and he basically says, anything else, I mean, if we're a Christian, if you're a Christian, you, you know this, the only thing eternal, the only thing of substance, the only thing that is built to last is God himself. Everything else that we would build our identity in, everything else that we would put our worth into can be gone like that. It can be gone in an instant. It can crumble in our fingertips. Jesus says, every other identity is fleeting. Every other identity also, he says, is wearying is burdensome, is labor-intensive. Why? Well, if you build your identity around your career, if you build your identity around your work, you work and you earn and you labor and you got to prove yourself, right? And in the end, what's left? If you build your identity around your, your kids and then, then you, you feel guilty and you feel burdened and every time you don't do this or don't, don't do that or don't live up to this expectation, the, the way this other mother does with her kids and, and every time your kids fail, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a tragedy. You're undone. You're devastated. That's when we know we're building our identities on things outside of Christ. 
And anytime we do that, it's fleeting and it's burdensome. And that's why Jesus can say, come to me and I will give you rest. That's why Jesus can say, come to me and I will give you rest. Because every other identity you will work to achieve, you will labor to get it. It will be a burden to you to achieve And Jesus says, you come to me and I have worked. You come to me, I have earned. You come to me, I have borne the burden so that you can come to me and rest. In a world built on performance, we need to know the gospel says Jesus is the one who has performed for us and that we can come to him with the freedom to rest. And that's how he begins not only to reveal our hearts, but to reveal himself. You see it in Zephaniah 3. It's one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible, in my opinion. Listen to what he says. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He'll rejoice over you with gladness. He'll quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. You'll notice there's, there's, a, there's one word that's not there, the word because. You don't ever, you don't, you don't see him say, he'll, he'll exult over you, he'll delight in you because you're a good pastor, because you work for his kingdom, because you've, you've done so much for him. He, he'll, he'll rejoice over you, he'll appreciate you because you've, you're good enough, you've earned your way and you've borne the burden well. You don't find the word because in the gospel. Because Jesus says, you come to me, it's like a father with his children. When I'm with my kids, they don't earn their way to me. They don't strive. They don't, they don't try to be something they're not because they're in the presence of daddy. They're in the presence of their father. They don't have to perform. They can just be. Whether it's sad, whether it's happy, whether it's funny, whether it's silly. They have the freedom to be. That's what God is saying. That's what Jesus is saying. You can come to me and rest If you believe in Jesus, then he is saying, you come into the presence of one who sings over you, who takes delight in you, who rejoices in your presence, gives you an identity outside of anything you can earn or prove or make, because he has made it for you. So this morning, in and of myself, I have nothing to offer you, but what I can offer you is Jesus Christ. What I can offer you is a Jesus who sees the depth of your brokenness and rejoices over you in gladness. What I can offer you is a Jesus who knows the depth of your pain and who quiets you with his love. What I can offer you is a Jesus who sees you running on the performance treadmill Burdened with burdens and wearied beyond your control. And he says, come to me and rest. What I can offer you is a Jesus who knows how deep your sin and the skeletons really go. And yet he says, I will exult over you with loud singing. As a father over his child, as a mother over their baby. He is a burden-bearing, singing, ever-delighting 
God. That is the Jesus that says, come to me. And I will give you rest. This morning, what I would say is that no matter how deep your brokenness runs, the grace of Jesus runs deeper still. That no matter how vast or how big your questions and your doubts and your fears, that the patience of Jesus is wider and bigger still. No matter how vast your pain, the healing power of Jesus is still more vast. This morning, the invitation is to come to Jesus and rest. To disavow all the self-imposed identities that we would give ourselves. And simply come to Jesus and rest. To be in His presence. To be in the presence of one who sings over you. And who delights in the fact that you are His. And He is yours. Not for anything you could earn. Not for anything you could do. Only by the work of Jesus. He can sing over us. He can bear our burdens because Jesus Himself bore the ultimate burden. He can make our yoke light because He had the heavy yoke. Because he yoked himself to the cross. And there he purchased for you, for me, the very delight of God. The very joy of God. The very presence of God. In the midst of your questions, struggles, fears, doubts, in the time when you may say, I have nothing more to give, nothing more to offer. His grace is enough. He is still speaking. He is enough. Let's pray. We're going we're gonna to close with a time of silence and meditation, just like we opened with. I'm going to give us the time of uh, reflection. The verses will stay up there. Uh, you continue to meditate, to pray, to ask God to speak to you, to offer to Him your self-imposed identities, to offer to Him your burdens, your struggles, your questions, your fears. Let's pray.